BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It is March 1st, 2023. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. I realized last week I didn't do introductions. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, across the table from me for the second week in a row. Mr. Dan James on this TV in front of us. I would pull the webcam off and show you guys what we're looking at, but its um, I don't trust myself because I'm not good with cords or organization or anything like that. It's, uh, it's quite a mess at our dining table right now while we're recording. Thank you guys for tuning in with us on a Wednesday evening. Definitely different. Life got in the way Monday, Tuesday. And almost back. Wednesday. <laughs> almost Wednesday. <laughs> and we're back Wednesday. Yeah. So um, cheers. That's um, How you guys feeling? How you guys doing? Good. Good. I think I forgot what all happened in the game. It's been so long. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> little time to digest and not have hot takes, I guess. Yeah. Right, Dan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I. I but I would say controversial take that I am happy about the win. So um, I am too. I, I I don't know why that's controversial. Because it seems like you're not allowed to be happy about it because it's not you can't because we relied on Almada's yeah it's a, sensational it's a, goals. yeah Atlanta won but yeah you know it's. It, yeah, look, man, it just every season it never ceases to amaze me that the the Twitter fan base can be so disappointed regardless of the results. If, if you're going to be upset with, with a win, you're going to be upset with a loss. What's the point? Yeah, no, I'm Brandon Scott, Stephen Perales, Joe Johnstone, Brittany S Brittany S back in the trap. How are you guys feeling? Um, and Patrick Delaney, um, let us know how you're feeling on this, uh, on this Wednesday about, about Saturday's match. Um, I keep going back and this is, I don't think this is a deep cut, at least for you and me. There's, there's a lyric from a dance Gavin dance song uh. where John mess says, I believe denial makes me hella intelligent. And that's how I feel every time I go on Twitter, whenever we yeah. win a game and people are like, yeah, but yeah. 
Like it is just, there is this, but it's been like that for a for long time. Years. Yeah. It was like that with Frank DeBoer. We're winning, but we're only winning by one goal. Right. You know, I would rather lose by one goal and be exciting soccer scoring three goals than, I mean, the, these are legitimate posts that people were making just a few years ago. And now it's like, you couldn't have won in a more spectacular fashion than that. I mean, the amount of times that we've sat here and complained because Atlanta United has been on the losing end of that result last year. I mean, it was what three games that they blew in the final 10 minutes last year. Like to actually scratch one out is you gotta enjoy that. I mean, I get, I get the legitimate complaints and frustrations over the 90 minutes of play and lackluster, like, build up and the run of play and, and all the criticism. I get that to an extent, but still to be disappointed and, and put an asterisk over it just seems ridiculous. It's also the first fucking game of the season. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. Right. But Dan, I got thoughts, but go ahead and jump in. I, I want to. Oh no, go ahead, Tim. I didn't think we, I didn't think our build up play was bad. I didn't, I don't, I felt like I was taking crazy pills whenever I was reading people's commentary about how bad we were playing because I was like, we controlled possession. We were playing a lot of overlaps. It just didn't materialize in the like in the final like 30 yards of the, or like 25 yards of the field. And honestly, I'm starting to think I'm starting to feel a little more level headed about Luis Arouge's performance on Saturday. I think that the penalty kind of did his head in to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I also think some of the bad decisions he was making is because I don't think he has the trust. I don't think he has trust or faith in Jackson Conway as his striker that he's providing service. To. I was actually shocked to see Jackson get the the call up over. Yeah, me too. Chop Troll, who's gotten that position all through preseason. So I don't. Troll's injured. Oh, I didn't realize that. I did not realize. Yeah, he had a hamstring. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was one of the three that were injured. Right. It was Ozzy still coming back, Troll, and then there was one more. Aside from Sosa's suspension, right? Yeah, I think there were there was two other. One was Giamarcus because of the um, visa thing, but and then I think there was another one, but I, I can't remember what it was. And I mean, to Brittany's point, Brittany Ash in, in the trap saying the misses were crazy, talking about Aruju. It, you're not wrong. I mean, he was skying stuff. I think he was trying to play hero ball because again, I like he didn't play. A, I don't. Did he play a minute behind Jackson Conway in in preseason? Mm, I think it was mostly Chol. I don't was. think right. Conway like, got much during the. He, he didn't. It he late. didn't until the yeah, Toluca match, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I, I, I'm just saying. Like he's probably playing hero ball because unless he's passing, I thought his interplay with, and I, I may have to go back and watch the match, but like I thought, I thought he and Almada looked really comfortable up front. I, I just think that the final product wasn't there, and there was no nobody to put service into. Things just yeah. seemed aimless once they got past midfield yeah. for me. It just seemed directionless. It, it, to your point, yes, Atlanta controlled possession for the majority of the match, if not all the match, but you know, it was just aimless possession, I feel like, that wasn't really developing into some sort of strategic approach on the final third. That's that, that and I get that frustration a hundred percent. You know, but to your point, also it has to do with some of that rotation too. And, and whether or not Al, uh, Aruju feels comfortable with Conway there, or they're still trying to figure it out or whatever it may be. I still understand that frustration that there wasn't really a big push 
for a development in, in any sort of measurable metric in that final third. All right, Dan. Yeah, I was, it was interesting that Almada would always seem to go centrally. Like when he would break away, he would always be like trying to hold up, seeing where his guys are, where's the support, but he would always cut in towards the middle. And I don't know if that's something because we're so early in the season that was just a coach's instruction. He's like, like till we really get our feet under us, we need to play more rigidly and less roaming within the structure we're trying to set up. Um, and it, I did see Aruju roam over to the left a little bit, but he was mostly on the right. Um, but it was Almada that was like slowing things down when we got to that final third. And I felt really bad for Conway because I want him to succeed. I really do because, you know, he's a homegrown. He's a, oh, yeah. he's a great story, but there was just his, the impact that I saw that Conway make. It was non-existent. Was, well, no, it wasn't non-existent. It was back behind when he was dropping back uh, to not be the furthest oh. guy forward and linking up plays again. But he just doesn't have like, um, he just doesn't have the experience. And when you're going up, arguably going up against one of the best center backs in the league in Jonathan Mensah, I mean, Mensah would, I mean, he, Mensah had his way with him. He, he was not able to get on the end of any crosses or have really any um, possession or any impact in, in the final third, which was, which was kind of bad, but you got to have, if you're going to play that role for Atlanta United, you got to have it. You've got to be able to, to, to negotiate that. So um, it was, it was a, it was a real tough one for Conway. I thought, I thought we were better in the second half when Barry came in, but I don't remember Barry having too much of an impact. I think three, he had... three touches he had. Three touches. He had three touches. How does that the center forward? Conway? Thirteen. Thirteen. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's. I would say for as as uh, lacking an impact as Conway was, Barry to me was a ghost. Like I would at times see Jackson Conway in the first half, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. But did Barry have a shot? I don't. Okay, so Conway had a shot on target, and Barry had Barry one had shot. one key pass with three, 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 uh, with zero shots. Yeah, I. But that's okay. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, they're not they're not the starters. So we were out, Yako. We were out, Sosa. Do we have any updates on still, his visa? He's still not training because of his visa. So I heard today he's in Toronto, um, and I think it's because you have to be if you're you have to go outside of the country because you have to enter in onto the visa. Mm. So apparently on. Um, Yako's Insta account, as the kids call it. I don't think he was in Toronto. (laughs) But he was in Toronto? Yeah. Okay. What does that mean for Saturday? Um, Maybe it's a short bus ride, or maybe he's actually available. It's a good thing. The old, like, Danny McBride and eastbound and down. 
with ACDC in the background come out of the bullpen. I mean, the match is at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Right, but he has to enter into the country. So the good thing is that he oh, could I be actually playing. Yeah. He, he has, has to, to go enter through the on American the Ninja Warrior gauntlet to enter he into the country. He has to get that visa stamped. Mm. From, he uh, has to climb. He has to go TSA through. He's got to go up the aggro crag. He's got to go over Niagara Falls in a whiskey barrel. Yeah. It's a true passage. You actually get your green card if you do that. Yeah. yeah. If you oh, really? <laughs> there's two. There's two options to become a citizen: to, to go over in a whiskey barrel or to marry somebody like Dan yeah. did. You can sneak <laughs> yeah. into this country one of two yeah. ways. There are two very American ways of becoming American. But... <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I just think that 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 final um, target man at the the end of the pitch is all we're, we were missing on Saturday. I mean, obviously we got rescued and we really shouldn't have been in that position because Aruju, I wouldn't even say he badly missed that penalty, right? Like he was, no, it wasn't like he was, he, he was a foot away from it being the perfect penalty yeah. you can take. It was just, I feel I like know. he was um, on a, at least two other occasions. He was inches away of great score put, yeah. putting the ball in the perfect place oh absolutely he looked like for for all the shit that i saw him get he looked electric every time he touched the ball so mm-hmm. that's the thing right it's like i feel like the standout moments for both aruju and almada aside from almada's goals in the run of play were both individual efforts sure. like it's when they took on multiple defenders running from 30 yards out into the top of the 18 and taking a shot on goal. Like the, those were not plays that developed through key passes and distribution by multiple players. Like both of their standout performances were individual efforts and not a, a, a collaborative sort of run of play buildup that span multiple touches. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, but when we're Do you down... see that as a problem? No, not necessarily. Do you? Now, I don't see it as a problem, I especially could... considering we're without our double pivot, basically. Yeah. With our, without our starting double pivot. Right now, it's not a problem because it's so early in the season. But if they continue to, to rely on that week in and week out, teams are going to start double teaming both of them whenever they've got the ball. And it's going to get shut down really fucking quick. But, I mean, if Yako is... No, because they're gonna they're gonna be smart enough to pass out of that at that point. They're gonna have better options. They're gonna have somebody who's gonna be commanding and becoming more of a more of a defensive vacuum with with Yako. The second the second he scores a goal or two, I think defenses are gonna start glomming onto him, and I think it's just gonna open up the field for the two of them. Behind I would him. hope so, and that's that's the expectation, right? I mean, Elliot even mentions that hero balling needs to be less and more of a unit for this team. And I agree with that. And to your point, Tim, I think that that's the expectation is once Yako's in the lineup and, you know, you get some of this midfield back, like you expect to see some of that. It's a very small sample. So this is one game and there was still a lot of great to take away from that. To me, it says, okay, if you don't have those players that you still have individual performances that you can rely on, even if the team dynamic isn't there due to injury or lack of availability or whatever. Right. I'm just saying you replace Ibarra with Sosa and you replace Sosetu with Ozzy Alonso. And I think that that link up play and I think that their ability to uh, open up in front of them, I think is a lot different than what we saw on Saturday. Yeah. 
So interesting. I thought Ibarra had one of the best games I've seen him have in recent times. And I also thought Rosetto was actually really good too. He, I mean, Ibarra seemed to be getting further forward than Rosetto, but Rosetto, I think he, what did he do? Like, a, yeah, 92% pass rate. Uh, but he was just linking stuff. I mean, he was being the guy dropping on back almost between the center backs uh, and linking that play up. I was I was really pleased uh, with what I saw out of both of them. But I feel like Aruju's passes were mostly lateral and backwards, right? Um, let me have a look at the chalkboard. Oh, that's not helpful. No, the chalkboard oh, no. doesn't work. Let me see if I can find anything on it. Sometimes MLS has all that. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that Sosa is an upgrade from from him. Yeah, I, I would agree. Overall, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I would take Alonzo. I, I I was pleasantly surprised with I felt like Ibarra kind of bossed the midfield a little bit. Like he was very much a physical presence. He very much just like I don't know. I think he shut stuff down. Um mm-hmm. I think what I'm excited about with Ozzy in the midfield is that you do have this true positional player that is going to be this sort of figurehead in the midfield that's going to be there to distribute and maintain possession in a demeanor that is not this super erratic, fast-paced, both sides of the ball, like, let's contain, control, and distribute. Like, that's what I see out of him. And that allows Sosa to do a lot of the flexing back and forth, which we saw so much of early, was it last year or the year prior, where he was so threatening because he had that flexibility on both sides of the ball, both going offensively and then coming back defensively. And you need to have somebody that's going to sort of hold up play and distribute with somebody like Ozzy in the midfield. So I think that's what I'm excited about by getting those two in tandem. I mean, that's really, you know, thinking back to formations past for this team, you know, that was sort of the, almost like the the Nagby Remedi dynamic in some ways, right? Yeah. Where you've got Nagby mm-hmm. being a lot more positional in that midfield and, and maintaining possession and then either doing hold up play or distribution. And then you've got Remedi running around on both sides of the ball, basically. And, and in some instances, it enabled him in games like, what was it, NYCFC in the playoffs to be able to almost mark out was it Maxi right. Morales that he right. marked out whenever we, yeah. we played against NYCFC? Right. It, just, it gives you the flexibility to – you can focus him in either yeah. direction or yeah. let him flex, like exactly. you were saying. Yeah. yeah. And he scored that goal. Oh, Rometty? Yeah, and he did the shimmy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, fullbacks? I, I don't know. I guess I, I can't – I can't not mention Andrew Gutman running to the locker room to tweet at oh, Felipe Cardenas. Um, That's what I want to see. I really Felipe's, like that. Felipe's head's gotten too big for us, Riches. Going <laughs> following the top podcast groups. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought in some ways that showed a lot of life. Um, I think that's like some fun personality too from the locker room. Um, so I, I don't know. I I'm never I don't not know. impressed with the, those two, to be honest. Gutman and Brooks Lennon. I think Dude, I think Gutman can do no wrong. I I think we take Brooks Lennon for granted in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
I think he's, I think he's overlooked. And I think a lot of people still have this attachment to Julian Gressel and compare them. It, but Brooks Lennon has never had 2018 Joseph Martinez to put the ball into right? or to link up with. So, um, yeah, well, I, go ahead, Dan. Uh, I, I think, so I, I think Gressel was a better crosser of the ball, but I think Lennon has more tangibles that are more useful for that um, winger type role that he plays. He's, yeah. I think he's better defensively than Julian, but he's, I mean, he's not the best defensive player, but yeah. he's got an edge there still. And he's a lot faster than Julian Gressel. So yeah. one thing I wanted to bring up with you guys, I don't know if you noticed, and they kind of pointed this out during the, during the first half, I think. Um, and we could talk about the Apple TV stuff too afterwards, but like um, the intentional, this is whenever we still had Wiley on the field before he came off. We were able to kind of, it seemed like Pineda was using Wiley as kind of a safety net to push basically two left wingers up and having Gutman go central. Mm -hmm. And it, I really liked that look because I felt like it, it gave us, um, I don't know. I thought, I thought it looked pretty threatening. Um, and if we would have been able to see that in the second half, I thought it would have been different too. Uh, yeah. I mean, it gives us more allows, gives us more height and muscle in the center, in the, in the box with miles and Pirata being able to push up in there with, Wiley, and I think it was one of Hisetu or Ibarra that was back. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I hadn't seen that mm -hmm. before with us basically deploying Gutman as a almost like a 10. He was almost like playing in the 10 position at a certain point during the first half. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just think I think that was like a fun look that maybe could so all could of be that, something we could throw out. All I, of I that's also just part of, you know, that may be why some of this build up and play is yet to really develop is because there are so many things tactically that Pineda's still trying to work out. He's trying to figure out what these pieces look like over a full 90. And it's going to be at least for the first eight or nine games of the season. I think that all of this stuff is going to fluctuate game to game and, and how those players are integrating with one another. And, you know, I think somebody had mentioned, uh, yeah, Patrick had mentioned that Lennon will look a lot better whenever Yako's in there. And I think that that's a, a perfectly valid point that, you know, that distribution may be a lot more from that right wing whenever you've got a, a forward in yeah. there that you can depend on and whether or not that now allows Gutman and Wiley to do things differently on the left side, you know, all of those dynamics are consistently going to change once we start getting this lineup finalized. And then ultimately when it all falls apart due to injury. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I, I've been meaning to, I haven't had a chance to go and read, uh, Sam Jones's article where he's talking about how I'm pretty sure it was talking about the deficiency on the right side, lack of chances that we're creating on the right side. And my immediate thought was like, well, damn, I think if there's ever like a, um, a testament to Brooks Lennon, it's it's that because he was like fourth or sixth in chances created last year, even with like a less than threatening right side, any other support on that right side. I don't know. Um, we did seem very left, left heavy, which isn't the worst thing because Gutman is, is very, very good with the ball at his feet. So is I thought Caleb Wiley for, what is he? 17, 18, he's 18 now. 
Yeah, he looked comfortable. Um, he looked great. They, he had some really good interplay between um, Wiley and, and Gutman on the left. There was a few, I think there was one, it was in the first half and Wiley was, it looked like he was going to cut inside to take on the defender, but he just slipped the ball out towards the left and Gutman was able to cotton onto it. And I can't remember yeah. if that was when he drew the penalty. Or, it was, yeah. It was. Um, and it was, it was great. I mean, I thought that was a really mature play um, <laughs> from, from Caleb Wiley, from a, a kid who's like, I can't even find him. He's 18, right? I heard he was 18. Uh, the, the mustache makes me think he's a little older than 18, but. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'd sell him a beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Miles is back in the lineup. Looked yeah. great. So was Guzan. Yeah. Looked great. Yeah. Yeah, Goose had a couple good saves. Yeah, yeah, he had two game-saving saves almost. I, and I honestly, you know, considering all the boneheaded goals that have gone in over the years, like <laughs> the the goal that actually did get scored no, yeah. was, I mean, I think that's a perfectly reasonable goal to allow in. Um, you know, Lennon just gets on the wrong side of that as far as marking um, – Bobasi running in and and Gutman's a little late to get there to was that Espinosa over there on that side? Yeah, that was yeah. Um, that was yeah. who was yeah. quote yeah. unquote cooking him yeah. in the so, first half. So, um, you know, and that may yeah, exactly. He was getting cooked a little bit, but I think it was just because of what was going on. Yeah, exactly. What was speed. going on on that side too with him getting pushed a little bit further up and centrally. So, uh, but yeah, the goal that got let in, I don't think was really anything to write home about. And overall, I feel like defensively, Atlanta played a pretty decent game. Yeah, I was expecting to see a more threatening presence. For like, I thought Cade Cowell was going to be a little more threatening than he was. I felt like we shut him down pretty well um, mm-hmm. in the what did he play like sixty minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. I think he was probably my my ultimate like fear of I, he's just a very dangerous attacker. And I thought um, him going down that side, I don't know. I, I was very pleasantly surprised the way that we were able to shut him down. Um, yeah. He was pretty much non-existent, wasn't he? Yeah. He had like one stretch down the left side where he got into the box and really nothing materialized. That was the only time I was like, uh, but otherwise I didn't really feel like they threatened us outside of that no. that goal. Like no. I I did not feel at all unsettled about what they were going to do and more nervous about us being able to put something in the back of the net. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I thought that apart well, I think the the two shots, the two big saves that Guzan made, I feel like if this was 2022, those both would have gone in. Oh yeah, right through the legs and just, and I, in fact when they took the shot. I was like, "Ah, oh, Campbell, there it is. <laughs> it's gone." But uh, I was actually really shocked that Brad made those saves. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, Ro- Rocco wouldn't have made those saves. Oh hell no! Neither would a Godino. Godino. Oh yeah, I forgot about Neither that. Neither would have uh, Dylan Castanera. No, um, Alan would have saved him. Alakam would have probably saved him, but who is the other guy? Bobby Shuttleworth. He would have retired oh, yeah. at, right after that game. Oh, and um, who was the first Greek guy? Tim Backus. Tim Backus wouldn't have got to those. <laughs> Tim Backus. I forgot about that. That's yeah, so Yako's not the first Greek guy to play for 
for Atlanta. <laughs> so my buddy Eric Eric Karos with the neighborhood, he's uh his family's all Greek. And so I got a text. No. Yeah, <laughs> I got a, yeah, I got a text going. So what do you know about this Greek guy for Atlanta United? That's <laughs> 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 like a lot of excitement still waiting for his visa. He's like, I can't imagine what it'd be like if I went to church right now. <laughs> the Greek church would be all a stir about Yakovakis. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, I can't think of very many Greek soccer players at the moment. Yeah. So would you nope. think? Probably not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Probably not. Would you think that San Jose, do you think Atlanta United deserved to win this game? Yes, I do. And Ooh, okay. I absolutely think we deserve to win that game. Like I said, San Jose, from the aside from the beginning, we won every single statistic of that match and not even in like by slim margins. Like even like the XG was, we were close to two and they were close to one. They're like, pull it up. Let's see it. Who, who scored? What scored? They scored. We had like six more shots than they did. We had four or five more shots on goal than they did. We had like 20% we more possession. 20, we had 20 shots to their 10. Uh, and we had only five on target. But I would say, I would say we net, well, gross, we had maybe like eight shots on target if you moved the, if you extended the goal. Dude, maybe like especially inches. whenever you consider the PK, like ugh, that PK was so tough of a miss because also like Arujo picks the right side. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. got the keeper beat. Like all he's got to do is put it on frame. Like there's, there's no opposition on the shot whatsoever. He's just got to put it in the net. So it's like that alone should have at least caused the the draw you know that's where i think does atlanta dan what was your question but do i feel like atlanta deserved to win that game is that what you said you know statistically yes but just from the run of play i think that they certainly deserve to at least draw that game you know with the pk and the circumstances like the win yes both goals scored in stoppage time um really quality goals by, I mean, it's not like they were goals that just took a bunch of deflections and somebody just happened to, to knock in. So, you know, certainly deserve for the, certainly deserve to come away with the draw, the win. I can, I can see an argument either way, but like you said, Tim, statistically they outmatched San Jose top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that was close really was that shots on target, but otherwise, you know, I guess 10 of those shots that weren't on target were probably Aruju skying them into the, into the, um, <laughs> in the end zone. But, um, and I'd even say, even for the eye test of watching the game, I, I thought we were the better team. I like, did too. Just in general. Show me the heat maps. And I don't think that, um, I mean, I think that San Jose gave us way too much respect yeah. by just trying to play for a, um, a one nil win. I think if they would have come out a lot more, then it probably would have been a different story. I mean, but... that again, that shows a lot right there. I mean, their heat maps were so much of their look at San Jose. So much of their yeah. possession is inside of their own 18. Like that alone, Dan, to your point about like who deserves to win. I think that really tells a pretty big story in and of itself. Right. And I think that we have players who can, 
create these magic moments. But I mean, that's why you buy these players. That's why exactly. you go out and do it. That's mm-hmm. why they're on your team. So I just that I, I don't know. I I guess that's just me. Dude, I feel like yes, they were they were low xG goals, but they were goals nonetheless. Oh, and dude. I feel like we beautiful. played well enough to win that game outright anyway. There was a subtle thing that Almada did with that first goal that was just like like he goes to take the shot and I forget who the defender is that goes to step in front of him and for him to have the wherewithal to know if he takes the shot the first touch that he he's set up to take the shot. It's it's very subtle and it happens quick. He pull he pulls back like he he goes to take the shot, sees Stutters the defender. Bit, yeah, he yeah. he takes the stutter to let the ball move past the def- the defender so that he has the clear line of sight and and puts it on frame to hit the top of the crossbar without any deflections or contact in its path of travel. Like that in and of itself was just a work of art. Like it, it wasn't just. I'm just going to take this shot because I'm in possession. It was, there's a defender coming. It's a bang, bang, like heads up. He's already in mid stride to take the shot and to be able to stutter out of that, to then take the second approach and put it on frame was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It, I mean, they were incredible goals. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's got to hope. He's we, I hope else, we man. get a whole season out of him. I we're really... not going. You know, we're not going to, right? Unless somebody loans him back to us. But he's <laughs> the gonna... World Cup stock alone is going to fuck us. <laughs> I mean, he's he's gonna be um, unless he has a release clause. He's gonna. I I think he legitimately is a thirty to forty million dollar player. Given the Ooh. given the current market, Todd, so Todd Bowley at Chelsea will pay seventy five million. Yeah, that's him. right. That's right. Let's throw this in the vault because that's another question that we didn't have. Uh, what do you guys week. think in the trap? What do you think? Do you think that Almada's gone in the summer? If so, what do you think he goes for? Regardless of if he's gone in the summer, what do you think he goes for? I, I, I don't know. I was the same one to say thirty million for Barco, but I. <laughs> Dance at 35. Dance at 35. And he stuck to it to the bitter end. I I legitimately, um, hmm, I'm going to say 37 and a half million US dollars is what. Because surely he's younger, more talented. Granted, he plays a different position than Miguel Amaron. When you're talking about on pure talent and him being 21 years old and. World Cup medal, unbelievable player. Current market with inflation. <laughs> Al- Almiron went for like what 23? 24? 22, I, I thought. Yeah. I thought it was 22, but yeah. Yeah, I don't see a world where Almada, as long as he maintains his current form, and I don't mean scoring worldies every game, but like being yeah. threatening, being being the focal point. Exactly. And being I think if in being healthy, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't go for close to 40 million. Elliot Beaven says 40 million. Patrick, uh, 32 mil. Dan, what's yours? You've got to make up the 35 you lost in Barco. Well, I guess you only lost what? So does that mean I have to? You do only lost like, 23 with Barco. So. Does that mean I've got to, got to do like 65 or something like that? Exactly. I think between the. Uh, if I was playing FIFA and they offered me 30, I would decline it. Um, I would say 40. That's what I'd like to see. God, you're so bad at this. I know. 
Why? Where do you see it, Kevin? Because, I mean, Anthony Neitzel says 40. I don't know. I don't see 25. <laughs> 16 million with maybe some add-ons. And a, yeah. and a, and 16 a with Tam. <laughs> 16 with Tam and a super draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how is Chelsea going to give us Gam? How, how are we getting Gam from Chelsea? That's... Uh, uh, we're going to put a sell-on clause <laughs> and... at a percent. One point. And in, in a BOGO, Arby's coupon to Scott's <laughs> point. Anthony Neitzel says 40. Um, I am going to take the lower here uh, just because for all of the things that I think we would ultimately want to see out of somebody, um, I think the record is still only – of an MLS transfer is still only, what, 30? Who is the record transfer for MLS? Wasn't it Weston McKinney still or no? Or no, Tyler Adams? Oh, it might have been. No. No, no, no. Tyler Adams only went for because that was like an insider trade. Or not insider trade. I want to say it was going was it from one to DC. Who? Tejon Buchanan? No. Just Google MLS transfer record. Anyway, I don't think it's over 30. Um, and if it is, it's low 30s. And I think that it's likely going to increase. It's Miggy. Miggy's the, yeah. Miggy's and the that was 24 highest outgoing right? 22 or 24. It was 24 million yeah. euros. Yeah. So I'm going to take the lower. I think that he does set the new record, but I think these numbers around 40 are still way too high. Um, and I'm going to say 34. What did we pick him up for? Brittany SS41. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Is it 15? Uh, it's 15 or 16 million. That's still a huge gift. I mean, TransferMarket.us still has him listed as 15 million euros in uh in value but it hasn't been updated since november 8th so you're talking pre-world cup and um i would not be shocked to see this closer to 30 than i would 40 that kind of seems like a loss to me but yeah because you thought parker was going to be 35 of course it seems like a loss to you I, so I mean, players... you, you're right. I mean, relatively speaking, Alfonso Davies went for 10 million euro or 14 million euro, depending on who you... That's what I'm saying, man. You like, know what's crazy? He's worth, according to this, he's worth 82 and a half million euros. 
and, and to Brandon Scott's points also, like Mickey season is helping raise that stock price, but that was also five years ago at this point. Like it's not like it was something in recent memory that's somebody's come out and then lit it up. Like I don't know that many teams are going to be like, oh yeah, remember that player from five years ago that we pulled out of Atlanta United? Certainly the next stock out of there should be 20% higher. Um yeah, I, so, I think I think low thirties is where I would settle. I'll say thirty four, but yeah, the player I was thinking was John Duran from Chicago Fire, who oh nineteen million was sold. Uh, transfer market saying like seventeen, if you round it yeah, up. Devilla, <clears throat> yeah, he's nineteen center forward, um, left foot. I th- I I just feel like. Um, Almada is the potential heir apparent to Lionel Messi. Like that's kind of where I see his ceiling. And of course I would see that because of my Barco prediction, <laughs> but I feel like that is, that's his, that's his trajectory. No hotter take has ever been had on this show. I just can't ever, I can't pin Dan down going from Bello should not be playing to every player should be over 30 mil in the next messy. I, I don't know which side he's on for players coming through this club at this point. You don't think he could play the number 10 for Argentina? Really? <laughs> no, I think he can, eight right? Him, him as the 10, Enzo Fernandez at the eight, right? If he's going to be doing that, he needs to leave this year. I don't think he's doing that in eight years if he's here for another four. Oh, he's not going to be here for four. <laughs> no. No. So, no, he's either going in the summer or he's going in the winter. Yeah. So here's a good question. Stephen Perales actually kind of sets it up, which is he said that the bare minimum would need to be 25 plus. So what's the uh, what's the line that you would put at for your minimum transfer? Say like maybe a million and a half and Tam <laughs> from like Sporting KC. <laughs> I mean, we can get a couple roster spots for that. Maybe six international slots. You know, think we can yeah. probably swindle some like really patriotic owner and be like, you don't need those. Can and you then... barter for another DP spot? Yeah, <laughs> barter for the first team with the fourth DP spot. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I'm with Tony. Thirty is the minimum to me. Twenty-eight's the minimum for me. I would go with thirty, but I'm not happy about it. I feel dirty. I feel dirty. <laughs> you should too, Anthony. <sighs> Eric Quintana, how you doing, man? How's the uh, how's the pod life treating you? Oh yeah, solving more uh, unsolved mysteries. I heard his name on the uh, radio rental. I think I told you that. All oh the yeah, credits yeah. For that, you listen was, to the credits for radio yeah, rental. It's cracking me up. Yeah. It's a good show. Radio Rental is a good show. Yep. Um, K-Mas. Uh, well, I guess it's about that time. Anything else on the San Jose match? We didn't really talk about that free kick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it before we – whenever you were watching it, but you called out, and they had kind of pointed this out during the broadcast. But we put a wall in front of their wall. Yeah. Like, Don't was... you think that was exciting? Yes. Yeah. I had not noticed it until I was re-watching. I was like, oh, shit. Because we were watching it. We went and watched it at Fido. Pernada is out of his depths. He doesn't know <laughs> what he's doing with this team. He has no tactical knowledge. He's got no identity. 
Who would build a wall from your own team? Who would put a wall on the wall? wall? You talk talk to any contractor. (laughs) Unless it's double pane windows. Unless we're doing a double wall around our southern border. I don't want to see it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I don't like Florida as much as the next guy. But it's... uh... Good God, man. The amount of people, the amount of fucking gatekeepers on Twitter that was, oh, Pineda doesn't know what he's doing. I know what I what he should do. I know what he should do. He's out of his depth. He's really wasting this team. He's missing two fucking starters in his midfield that would release the rest of the people. And a starting And forward. his starting striker. Yeah. He's got a center back coming back from an Achilles injury. Starting in the first match, he's got Brad Guzan coming back from an Achilles injury. Like, give me a give me a break. Sorry, I, it's just so ridiculous. You guys need to get a touch grass. Go go touch grass or can't, artificial can't touch grass. Can't, <laughs> can't touch grass on turf, bro. <laughs> I know the gatekeeping's got even worse. Even some no, you're right. managers it's, are getting into the gatekeeping game. It's gatekeeping. You're right. <laughs> gatekeeping game. <laughs> Did you see uh, Jim Curtin? Oh, gate. Yeah, that's Jim Curtin's the shit housery. Yeah, yeah, the shit housery from Jim Curtin. It's it is commendable, but man, is it a it? I just makes me really dislike that guy. I mean, it just makes me want to beat him like six nil. But the thing is, the annoying thing is, he's probably gonna lose. (laughs) So, so here's the other thing Stephen Perales mentioned, which is that some people just think the team's a dumpster fire because Joseph left. I think that there's going to be a large contingent of this fan base, regardless of the results this season or regardless of the performance on the field are going to be spiteful about it and negative about it because Joseph is no longer. In this nah, Joseph would have made and they're, and they're waiting for a reason to, to bite and jump on it. Yeah. It's um... how did Joseph do week one? Did even did Miami even play? Really? I didn't realize they didn't play. No, their game with. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. No, they did play. Sorry, they played Montreal. How'd Joseph do? Uh, did let's he, did let's, he... let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. I want to see it. Oh, on the who scored? Yep, I want to see it. Did anybody watch Joseph? Watch. <laughs> see, like I, yeah, I didn't watch much i did watch the end of the st louis and austin game and that was comical uh the worst back pass i've ever seen in my life happen in that match and apparently it's a former teammate tricked his former teammate into back passing it to him what yeah right like one of like called him like he was on the field like no got dropped so (laughs) the ball went up to the defender from austin the striker from St. Louis who used to play for Austin or maybe his midfielder. Like square. Called, he called, called square. He, he called for the ball and he recognized his voice. This is what I understand to have happened. And this may be conjecture, but that's what I understood. Leave, leave. <laughs> he turned and gave him the worst back pass I've ever seen in my life. Is, is that, is that accurate? That that's, was, that's what it's been. Yeah. I mean, that's it a, was terrible, but I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Like, that was the worst back pass I've ever seen in my life. That's Either amazing. that or he's match fixing. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. 
Those two, the two forwards from St. Louis look pretty good. That that one guy, what is his name? It's like uh, Kraus. It's Joao Kraus. It's like, okay, Brazilian with the last name Kraus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, he's one of those fleeing, uh... <laughs> one of those boys from Brazil, maybe. Um, no, uh, let's see. Joseph, sorry, it's taking me a minute to pull this up. You're fine. Joseph was six six point three. So. Yeah, he had one shot, Jackson Conway. which was not on target. Same as Jackson Conway. There you have it, folks. Um, all right. We've teased it long enough. We've gone through the game. We've gone through the metrics. We've gone through the stats. We've got you primed. We've got you ready. Here it comes, hot and heavy. A big, thick, oh. dripping tan low. <laughs> For week two, baby. Here we go. What does it say in the background? Heavy. Heavy Comic. load. This <laughs> <laughs> is so bad. <sighs> well, it looks like Insigne is going to be out for the weekend uh, next week, which, I mean, I don't mean to wish ill on him, but I'd prefer playing a Toronto without Insigne in it. Um, they got beat obviously three two by DC United. Got the the awful Wayne Rooney DC United from from last year. So uh, that, that's that's kind of weak. Interestingly enough, if you look at the pass maps for Toronto playing that four three three, Michael Bradley is the absolute single pivot key to their entire team. If we can somehow just stop him from uh, being able to be effective, we could probably shut down a lot of what Toronto is doing. Now, of course, we've got Mike Anthony K there too, who can also cause some trouble and and be a guy who can hold the ball up also. Um, but I just, I can never count Toronto out when they play us. It's just so frustrating. I mean, Tim hates Richie Larea, obviously, so... He's out, but they've got uh, Diamande now. Um, Bernadeschi is arguably their most dangerous player from from last weekend, and I think from last season as well. He he um, had a pretty good turnout. Uh, Sean Johnson did not have a great game against DC. I mean, if you're losing against DC, are DC actually good, or do you think that Toronto just really kind of shat the bed? Uh, there's really not much that you can pull from just one game out of any team. I mean, they're playing with width. They've got uh, good at defending set pieces, stealing the ball from the opposition. You know, that's going to be that Michael Bradley effect. Avoid it. They're not very good at avoiding offsides or aerial duels. And, of course, I think Atlanta United's aerial game's got a lot better with Miles and Air Force One in there. We'll see how that goes. And so maybe... Lewis Abram can. Um, I'm not exactly sure all of his strengths yet because we haven't. We've only seen him for like 40 minutes. Um, weak against long shots, so maybe Luis Arujo can actually put some. If you can get him on frame, they might go in. And defending against attacks down the wings, they are very weak. I mean, that's kind of our. I feel that we can play those three phases down the left, down the right, and through the middle relatively good if, if that's what we're trying to do. I think it's it's harder to build up through the middle if teams just jam you, but it's harder to jam on the wings. So hopefully we can 
get some um take advantage of them they're pretty much an older team i believe so i'm not expecting too much speed on their side though jonathan osorio is he's always been a good guy for them so i'm hoping toronto just maintain not being very good and i hope atlanta can actually put together a really good game plan but every time we play them it's just so difficult i feel like it's playing toronto and the red bulls you never get high scoring games unless it's well i don't want to say unless it's the playoffs because we'll beat red bulls in the playoffs but i don't think we've beaten toronto in the playoffs which is kind of frustrating so um i'll probably go with a really annoying 2-2 draw and see how we go from there looking at toronto's team i mean on paper (laughs) yeah to edgar edgar hernandez's question are we booing bradley every touch i would be wildly disappointed if that didn't happen oh that's happening um looking at their their roster on paper is pretty damn good obviously like losing insigne is not great but i don't know from top to bottom sean johnson matt or um yeah matt hedges uh, you said richie larae is not going to be in the match on saturday no insigne is not okay. it, well i mean he might be but he's more than likely not going to be but yeah i mean they're a pretty talented squad and bringing akinola off the bench um I don't know. I always hate playing them to your point. I feel like they always play up to to our level or we play down to their level. And I just never feel comfortable whenever they're especially whenever they're in the bends. I just like flashes back to Nick DeLeon in the Eastern Conference Finals. It just it just sits with At me. The death. Yeah. Just so bad. Yeah. God, that just deflated that entire stadium. Yeah, yeah we haven't recovered. No. I legitimately would say we have not recovered from that playoff loss. That was when we peaked. Well, the year before was when we peaked. But, oh, true. Yeah. yeah. But that was the beginning of the descent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't think that was when we pushed it either. I haven't uh, been in the playoffs since. So <laughs> we pushed grandpa down the hill. It's like, yeah. hey, we've been in the playoffs, Kevin. Yeah. Have yeah. we, though? Well, I mean, we technically we we played a playoff game. Yeah, exactly. It honestly is going to be more impressive to miss the playoffs this year, just given the new playoff format. What are there ten teams on each? I don't even conference want to play that... it. It's it's more exclusive not playing the playoffs. <laughs> Where's the NIT tournament? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me the tip. MLS NIT Open tournament. Open cup or bust. <laughs> Zigging when everyone else is zagging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. want to be a trendsetter exactly. in this league and put all of our eggs into the open cup basket. Oh yeah. my gosh! I mean, you know, well, we've got to—you know—you're not a true team unless you've missed the playoffs for ten years in a row. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so let's scroll through. People are dropping score predictions. Elliot Beaven two-one. Anthony Nigel two-one. Uh, both Atlanta, obviously. Stephen Prallis, Atlanta one-nil. Patrick Delaney two-nil. Atlanta. Uh, Brittany S two one Atlanta, uh, Pierce Hicks. What's up, Pierce? Haven't seen you in there too much tonight. Uh, two nil like Atlanta. Aruju bounce back. That would be just Chef's kiss right there. 
with an Araujo bounce back. I mean, I feel like as soon as he scores a goal, he's gonna the floodgates are open. And it's just gonna go everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you thought that? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Michelle, uh, three one Atlanta. Can't, can't help it, can you? Can't no. help it. Nope. Uh, yeah. What did you guys say? I said a two-two draw. I haven't said anything yet. What are you saying? One-one. Hmm. Hmm. Two-one Atlanta. I guess I don't know. Give it. Give me another one. Give me another heart attack. <laughs> give me another heart attack. One. Just another one. display of Pineda being out of his depth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what he's doing. I don't know why I'm doing Alex Jones, but. <laughs> uh, who else we got? Josh, Josh P. P. Uh, Josh Pagaransky. <laughs> one nil Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Oh, you know, last week I gave a shout out to Joe Johnstone who uh, put together the the D and D of my dreams, and I got a shout out the Pat- D of your dreams, the D of my dreams. I got a shout out to old Patrick Delaney in the trap. Oh, DM my DM. Uh, so yeah, it's been great. Gosh, Pagranski. <laughs> How far did you get, Kevin? What do you mean? In the D and D thing, we won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are your score predictions for Friday night's uh, Dungeon Crawl, Dan? Uh, How many natural 20s is Kevin going to roll on, on hey, Friday? You you say that, but last week when we played... You've been shaving dice, huh? I did I did roll a nat 20 on an attempt to... We came across a basilisk in this dungeon, and I was like, I came around the back of it, and I was like, I want to try to lasso and ride this thing. And rolled a natural twenty, and it happened. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did just that the, do then? Did it, it just subdued it so that everybody else could just poke it with things until we killed it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so I'm gonna come. We're doing. gonna come to find out that Kevin is the liver king of D and D. It's no nat twenties. <laughs> all all gear. No, because it's online. So we had to roll all our dice online. So I couldn't fudge that. I Wait, you see, so you just rolled your dice and said, "Oh, yep, it's a 20. No, I'm saying, no, you roll it yep, and it automatically it. generates it for uh-huh. everybody. I can show you some tricks. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. right click and track element. It's all JavaScript. Like that dice rolling is 100% JavaScript. You can go in there and manipulate the shit out of that. You can probably like, yeah. Anyway, sorry, not outing Kevin uh, oh, for the cheating great. he's gonna do. That's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, put like log me in on your computer and just have it like just (laughs) remote session to make sure you're not cheating. If they didn't hire, I'm just gonna hire a farm out of India to just run my like. I'm gonna just say what I want to do, and everything is just gonna come up every time. Just whatever I want to do happens. That's great. Sorry, Dan. What were you saying? Oh, I can't remember now. It probably wasn't important. Yeah. He's talked enough. What did you guys think of the Apple TV broadcast? Couldn't tell you. I was watching it at Fido. So I mean, it was direct TV via Apple TV, right? Yeah, I mean, it looked fine. Uh, fine. Compa- 
compared to what we were it watching. It's in the middle of a bar, dude. Like it's Bally, not like Bally Sports was broadcasting from a fucking potato. Like yeah, compared to every, what we're getting every on every big Apple TV, TV in a bar looks like it's a potato screen. Yeah, it's true. I mean, none of them have resolution is- beyond 1994 for some reason. Like every TV and every bar has existed since the bar opened. So it's not like mm. they're replacing those things regularly. We went to de- we didn't we didn't. Oh my god! Shots fired. Did you hear that, Dan? I had a bang or something. Yeah, that was Kevin farting. <laughs> Dude. See, this is why I don't do the in-person. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry not to out you, Kevin, but the, the people are going to find that out listening to that. Be like, is that? It's that same sniper that took Guzan out. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> no, like why are the tvs always so bad everywhere and so inconsistent we went to dagwoods just not even to like to watch sports or anything we went there to get pizza one night and they had the simpsons playing well because we it was 4 p.m because you know we're old people but um they had two tvs side by side one of them no longer had red the red was just <laughs> watching the Simpsons without red is weird. Oh, watching it, Lady yeah. United game looks like you're just watching an Austin FC game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you kind of got to expect that going to Dagwoods. I mean, they've still got the like Pac-Man arcade games there, That's but fair. not like retro trying to be cool. Like it's actually just still there from yeah, like the eighties. They're nice people too. They're wonderful people. Yeah, it's, uh, and especially it's right when you bring kids Dash. with you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the liquor store right next door. So. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm in. Where? What? <laughs> it's, Dagwoods is it's, great. I love that yeah. place. Pizza is fantastic. We, the, the bruschetta pizza or bruschetta pizza was fantastic. Um, it was like bar pizza, kind of. Um, Did yeah, it take but, you three hours to get it like at Rosati's? That place burned down, by the way. What's Rosati's? That was that uh, Chicago deep dish pizza place over off of Roswell Road. Over, oh, over we by went where there one time, at. didn't we? Yeah, that's where oh, we went for and the watched the Columbus Crew game. Right, and Judy was there and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah, shouts to Judy. Yeah, that was not. Yeah, that took forever. Yeah, whenever we went for the Terminus Legion watch party, uh, it seems like everybody loved the Apple TV broadcast. Uh, Josh yep. P. Brandon, uh, Josh it's beautiful. Josh Pagransky saying it's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, who somebody said Elliot even said the audio was a miss. I thought the audio was fine, aside from the um, there was and honestly, it was the first weekend, and I was surprised that was like the only audio blip was only for like a minute or two. It sounded kind of tin canny with uh, I think that was just Kevin her voice. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love just... like the extended recaps that you have of each game, so each one's like seven minutes, but they they do a really good job, and the graphics in game are great when oh. they do like the. I was not crazy about the graphics at the beginning that showed like the lineups. It looked like somebody just typed it up in Microsoft Word. (laughs) Looked awful. So I put Josh Pagransky's comment on the, uh, I pinned it. (laughs) It sounds like my ice maker is, is, it sounds, it sounds like the ice maker is dropping ice. And I know I haven't gotten ice today. I'm dropping ice. All right. Uh, oh man! Um, but Josh Pagransky saying <laughs> Jason and Mike need better ambient sound for their broadcast. So I thought that feature was super cool that we could switch over to Jason and Mike and it was already synced up. But the only issue that I found, and I don't think I was patient enough because I'd ra- I think I'd rather listen to them than um, I would imagine what's going to be sporadic teams Kevin of broadcasters. You'd rather I mean, he's, Ke- he's not Kevin Egan. Kevin Egan's not going to be our play by play for every match, right? 
I thought he would. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But the only thing I did not love is what Josh is saying is that there's no ambient, like lack of ambient sound, but also whenever they're showing replays, Jason and Mike aren't looking at the same thing that we are and they're commentating on different things or they're going to like, um, whatever. They're going to different views and seeing different things at different times. Or going back to different like, uh, moments of, yeah, Uh, yeah, different moments of the match or whatever. Um, what did Pierce say? The NFL red zone type show needs more highlights, less talk. That's fair. I uh, did. Thing about did this show. I don't know whether I just messed up, but I didn't see the Atlanta United highlights in that recap show at all. It's like the whole, it's like it got missed. I don't know. I didn't watch you it. had it pulled up, right? I watched the extended match highlights on YouTube. Gotcha. Okay. Right. But they have like a, like kind of a yeah, yeah, yeah. They, have an, they have an they have a Apple TV one that they do yeah I gotcha. was I was yeah, watching, before the broad before we started talking tonight I was watching the extended match highlights. you're talking about with Bradley Wright Phillips and um, mm-hmm. who else is on there no it was well the one I saw was um, Rio Coco and um, Taylor Twelman Jillian Sakovitz and uh, Andrew Weeby gotcha um I don't know. Let's see. Oh, Edgar Hernandez said full replays are epic. Uh, I could see myself during the game in 4K. They need to add the ability to listen to the radio broadcast a day after. I think that's probably going to come down to uh, media rights, like whether or not 92.9 or, or RDO or no Odyssey, whoever owns 92.9. I don't know if they would relinquish those rights to actually. Do, I don't know. That's what Chris Berry said. Was. He thinks the 360 missed the United match. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I, yeah. And it was really weird because they even kind of briefly passively spoke about it, which was annoying. Oh, it was Sasha question and Bradley Wright Phillips. that was in the other show. Mm. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. So were you guys at the game? No. Yeah. So I went to the game uh, with my son and we got on the um, jumbotron. Uh, Cause my son made a big sign saying Armada give me your shirt. He didn't get his shirt though. Cause man, that would have been a good shirt to have after yeah, that no game. Kidding. Um, but yeah, no, we're on the jumbotron. I was flossing away. Um, <laughs> like a real G. God, <laughs> you're so hip, but it was, Oh, so hip. Just, uh, get on my Insta account. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> on the but Peloton. no, the crowd, the, it was fantastic. The crowd were, were fantastic. Um, it's just funny, like hearing all the other members of the media who I guess have never experienced the actual game, but now the glass is down. They're like, Oh, it was so loud. It was like, no shit. It's been loud the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, the crowd were great. I mean, excellent turnout. Well, we had 63, 64,000. Yeah. uh, 64,000. I think second only Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, 67, I think. Um, Charlotte. Okay. 67. But yeah, it was fantastic. We we had a blast. It was such a good time. Yeah. Um, and just to see those Amada girls go in yeah. was yeah. fucking mental. So it's pretty great for us that we can, like most of the games are going to be night games, which is great for us to be able to watch after we put Florence down. Because like trying to watch three o'clock games at home last year just doesn't. It It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but it does kind of pose uh, like a different challenge in terms of trying to get to Mercedes Benz. Right. But yeah, I don't know, man. I like the consistency of the schedule that we're getting this year. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. God. We, all of our matches are Saturday, Wednesday, right? I think so. I don't think we have. They're, they're definitely odd Sunday games and Monday games. We had two this past week. Seattle thrashed. Was it Colorado? Yeah. 4 nothing on Sunday. And then um, Monday night was SKC in Portland. I think Portland the won Seattle that Seattle game where, I forget who it was, flicked the keeper from the top of the 18, had like a one-on-one and just like just did a little oh, maybe. chip shot over him. The only goal that I saw was A-Bears uh, for Seattle. But I'm just I'll have feel. to check that out. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, Brandon Scott says 7:30 always, except for March 11th. I had and to yeah. travel Sunday night, so my whole week has been thrown off, and yeah. I haven't seen any of the other highlights. Yeah. The um, shit. What was I gonna say? The LAFC, LA Galaxy, El Trafico got canceled, right? Due to was it due to weather? It was supposed to be at Rose, the Rose Bowl. It got canceled. So they didn't play, and then Chicago didn't play this past weekend. Hmm. Was there anybody else that didn't play? Whoever Chicago was supposed to play? Do we have an odd Did number? They have a first week bye. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. Like, we Do we have an odd number of teams or something? that? I have no idea. No, yeah, Chicago's the only team from the East that didn't play. So do we weird, have weird. we have fifteen in the east and fourteen in the west? Yeah, there's going to be one team not playing every week. I think you should just put Nashville in both conferences, and then it would even it out. <laughs> Basically, yeah, we have oh, right because only one one team in St. Louis is coming in, right? Yeah, and then next year, do we have another? We don't have any more exp- like guaranteed expansions, right? I think Indy Eleven might be the next team that's. Potentially out. How are you going to feel about that, Tim? I'm going to have dual allegiances, I guess. <sighs> Fuck you are having dual allegiances. Not on I, this podcast. I'm no, he's going to start a second one. I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm going to I'm going to split the shirt. House divided. It's a roll time. But one person house divided. <laughs> <laughs> Brain divided. Room divided. <laughs> Room divided. No, it's um, I don't know. The renderings that they have for that facility look pretty friggin' great. Yeah, that was really cool. Like to see that um, whole development that they've got, they're planning on doing, it's really cool. I was going to say, hold on. Yeah, St. Louis, I don't know that they're, yeah, I think Indy 11. Yeah, I think they might be the next up potentially, but. Or Louisville. Should be weird. Who keeps those trophies for the USL days? Them or Orlando, obviously. Orlando, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, anything else? Uh, yeah. Quick, uh, quick quiz. Who has the most foreigners in their team in the MLS? Um, is it Seattle? Who's your guess, Kevin? Austin. It is Vancouver. Wow. Shockingly, Vancouver have 23, Toronto and Montreal have 21. And then uh, LEFC are next with 20. Wow. 
How does that work? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, how does that work? Bloody foreigners coming over here. Joining our podcast. Playing our soccer teams. Yeah, joining our podcast. <laughs> joining our podcast. All right. Ah, <clears throat> podcast. I think that's I it. know. I'm kidding, Dan. Oh, I don't care. All right. Uh, where are you all the people to find you guys? Collectively at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B in the number in four. In the streets? No. On uh, Twitter. On on Instagram at Tim Herb, I guess. Buy, buy cutting boards from me, guys. The biggest I've, thing. I've so many of them. The biggest Insta, thing Insta, is Insta. we had a great Kids turnout tonight, Insta. by the way. The yeah, chat. we did. Yeah. We had a great turnout. And, and those of you listening want to join in as well uh, on YouTube, be sure to hit that bell icon. Even if you don't subscribe to the channel, if you hit the bell icon, you should get a notification whenever we go live at the very least just to jump in and, and smash the like if you're still watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. So thank you guys so much. And Tim, where can they buy cutting boards, man? I got to get a fucking website up. Just my Instagram. I have a bunch of stuff up there, but I can, Insta. I need to get pictures <laughs> up. I've mostly been selling them at markets. Yeah. And like black through, markets. Through do you have a, stuff. do you have a market coming up? Uh, I don't potentially, I don't want to get in front of myself, but, uh, or get ahead of myself, but, uh, probably day at the dairies at the Atlanta dairies in April. I don't remember the exact date, but I was supposed to do that back in December. It got canceled. So oh, okay. do you hide the drugs in the cutting board? Like do you glue it together? To hide them in, or is there like it's got a, a trap door removable compartment? It's a trap door. It's a trap door. Okay. Yeah. Um, Brandon Scott, I will. Um, yeah, if, if you have Instagram, Insta. go to my Insta. There you go. And I've I have a lot of pictures of ones that I have, but I can also send you a link of like a Google Photos or something like that that has stuff. Tim, that I have. you know, I think was it traffic? You don't have to make the cutting boards out of wood. They have like a new uh, way that you can mold the cocaine into the shape of a cutting board and just spray it with a paint so it looks like a cutting board. You don't have to go through all the the woodwork. Yeah, yeah. but it's more fun. It's, yeah. it's really just a labor of love at this point, I think. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying you're going to be able to have more cocaine in them. Well, that's why I make them taller. It's a real quality versus quantity kind of deal. Oh, you could do it. Yeah, yeah. If you had like a thick. Real thick boys. I mean, because who doesn't love a thick cutting board? Yeah. Just Just feels good in the hand. Yeah. Just thicker Mm -hmm. is better, I think. Absolutely. (laughs) really the moral of the story. Nobody wants a long, thin cutting board, you know? Oh, gosh. Too many splinters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And the warping. This has gone long enough. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out Um, find us wherever you find us we'll see you next time as always
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.